Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. I'm Chrissy McQueen. I am not the movie geek. I married the one. Justin Winters, you're the movie geek. That's me. Yay! I'm here too. I'm excited you're here. It would be very weird if you weren't. I know. It would be strange. It'd be like, so I married the non-present movie geek. Yay! Yay! Anyway. But we're not alone. We're not alone. We're sharing today. (gasps) (laughs) Our amazing and wonderful friends, Gray Drake and Steve Gelder are here. Yay! Another married couple. I just realized (laughs) I've already had too much wine because I I like shouted your names and I said, Yay, Gray and Drake, which is not right. Yay, Gray and Steve. Well, I'm fine with it. Yeah, no, you noticed she did not correct you (laughs) at all. No. She let it go. I just have to sit back with a shocked look on my face and go, Well, that's how that worked again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am incredibly sorry. In no, when, not at all. Uh, when we go Rewind. to screenings, we uh, it's because I am taking us to the screening as a professional, uh, you know, whose name is on Industry the list. Industry peep. Steve always introduces himself. I'll go, hi, Gray Drake, please. And then he'll lean in. He'll make like a point of it. And he'll go, yes, and I'm plus one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we should have introduced you on the podcast instead of calling you by your, na- by yes. your name. Gray Drake plus one. <laughs> Good name love for the you. episode. So, I love you, baby. So we were talking about this as we were walking to come out to meet you guys. Uh, l- the last time we saw Gray seemed like it was eons ago. Right, and it was here doing the episode of the show where you made us watch awful movies again. <laughs> What are you talking about? Okay. And yet you came back. Steve, what was it again? Steve wasn't here, but he was disgusted because we watched Basic Instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, then, oh, and, yes. and Color of Night. And Color and you, of Night, which Steve actually watched with me yes. when I had Wasn't to see it. Wasn't that the Bruce Willis movie? Mm, yes. Or wait. Yes. yes. Yes, he's the psychiatrist. Yes. yes. And he's got problems with his patients, and but he's crazy too, and everybody's out of their mind. I've like blanked it out of my mind. We, no, Steve is right. That's exactly yeah. what happened. We spent a good 60% of that podcast talking about vaginas and penises. Well, you know, you also <laughs> put it up on the big screen in the background while we recorded that particular episode. So mm. how could we miss what was happening at any given time? It was very romantic is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, uh, that was the Valentine's Day episode. I, I missed it. I miss Gray. I'm glad to see her. Um, she's she's a media superstar that we see all over TV. <laughs> Uh, and now she's on our couch. Yeah, upgrade. You're, you're jumping on a plane to New York tomorrow. Yeah, because it's almost the Oscars. And so, uh, weirdly, I will be going to, instead of staying here in California and doing correspondence stuff, I will go to New York to go and talk about the Oscars out there. Because I think all of the New York correspondents are in Los Angeles. And oh, the New Yorkers were like, oh, yeah, like, we need somebody to talk to. That's that's how every producer from New York sounds, by the way. Not to overgeneralize, but everybody sounds like a dock worker from Union Five Two Six. Right? They're whenever like, they're booking you for then, a show. And when I call them, I'm like, I'm like, hi, this is uh, Gray Drake. I'm just checking in, and they're like, forget about it. Yeah. 
You good. We don't need nothing else from you. Come on in anytime, Pinky. Is it cool that we have a good pasta fajoule and the craft <laughs> services? Say, I was like, we love Ray's pizza. What's up? <laughs> Original Ray. Um, Original so, Ray. yeah. So, I'll be out there. I'm I'm excited because, oh, this is like one of my favorite things to do is uh, be on Watch What Happens Live. On the Bravo Ooh. Network with Andy Cohen. Are you going to be on Watch so What Happens Live? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be not one of the famous either Are movie you or TV drinks? stars or a reality TV star. I'm going to be the silent bartender. What? Um, Wait, silent bartender? Well, like they don't they talk a little t- bit. Like a little they bit, had but flavor. they don't give a lot of focus to the bartender. Well, no. But usually, it's like buff guys with their shirts off, though, Gray. Well, I mean, I'm going. It's like <laughs> I might as well. When in Rome. That's no. my wife. Hooray for Hollywood. Whoa, when is that? I want to see that. When is that? When are you going to be on? Uh, so when was this going to post? It will probably... This will, this will be on Monday. It will probably... Oh, no. It'll be on Wednesday of the Ooh. week that this posts. So after you listen to this podcast and you fall in love with Gray, <laughs> you can go ahead and watch her... Yeah, be a bartender on Watch What, what Happens Live. Yeah. Bravo on Watch What Happens Live on Wednesday night live, and then uh, there will also like I'm going to be doing like ABC, some NBC shows. It'll be fun. Um, and then when you listen to the podcast and you're indifferent to Steve, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it because I'm not on anything. So it's just it's not easier. currently. Steve, but we did. You are my favorite person in the world to follow on social media. Right? Not oh, going to lie. Thank you. And I always have to like temper my likes and enthusiasm for everything you post because I'm like I'm such a fan and then I'm like nope hold back just a little bit don't want to be <laughs> oh, that person no no don't hold back just love on him uh, um, I, I, I try to because I don't want Steve to think less of me like wow stalker stalker I, I thought you were going to talk about like what? Steve I, I see uh, Steve stirring up trouble on Facebook sometimes which is what I love and about sometimes him. I'm like should I jump in Steve's got this <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the great thing I ju- let me just explain this to you in case you haven't articulated it yet in your brain Chrissy the thing I with, don't articulate much in my brain, Gray. It's okay. <laughs> Got it. This is true. it. The thing with being a hot blonde is that nobody ever calls it stalking. When you do it, they're like, hey, bra, this is dope. <laughs> so <laughs> I have another appreciative fan. Yeah. It's never, oh my God, she's crazy and she's even, leaving that bunny in my b- boiler. <laughs> right. Even when she is crazy, which happens, uh, not in this she room, is. but it's like, uh, but even when it does happen, it takes so much. People are still like, like it's it's still okay. Yeah. It's still fine. Look, look, she took my left foot. However, uh, she's kind of hot. You I didn't need it. Forget about, it. Forget about Un- it. Unbeknownst to you two, you literally just explained our entire coming to be in our marriage <laughs> and how we met because we did meet online in non in a non-dating fashion but i'm pretty sure that's what happened he's like she's a little crazy but i'll take it yeah okay. so you yeah. guys were like exchanging online messages <laughs> more or less before like meeting awesome. in real life i mean that? for those of you who haven't heard the tale it's basically like before there was real social media there was friendster and live journal and yes. i won't say which one we were on or maybe even both but we found uh, each other See, that's nice when two, like, really attractive people can find each other on the internet. And this then... is the best thing the internet has produced, actually. I <laughs> yeah, think, I think absolutely. right here. <laughs> yes. This and YouTube. Okay, YouTube, because yeah, uh, those, yeah. those videos yeah, are one. pretty good. Yeah. Also, that DNA thing that they do online, that's cool, too. Like, you can order it online. Like I think they're oh, cloning yeah. people from that. I don't I trust think so that too. Exactly. They're starting to. Yeah. Yep. I found, I found Gray online. That's how I found Gray. Did you know that story? I didn't, oh my God, you, that's right. Wait, what? So, yeah. what, what, what? so uh, we, we've known Gray for a while. Is this a habit we've for known, you? We've <laughs> known Gray for a while. We've also known Steve for a while. Yeah. But back in the day, 
I uh, listened to Gray's podcast. Swiped right. And then I found mm-hmm. out, and then I found out that a mutual friend of ours, Evan, yeah. worked with Gray. Yep. So I told Evan, I was like, dude, tell your Gray, t- your girl Gray, I'm like, tell her what's up. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to tell her. And then My fast forward a couple weeks. Up. Fast forward a couple weeks, I was listening to Gray's podcast. You remember this? This is when we were going out. Yeah. And Gray was, Gray said in her podcast, she's like, so I want to give a shout out to Justin Winters. I I know who you are. I want to put I want to put my mouth on your mouth. And I was I was like, oh my god! Oh, that's my wife. So subtle. Oh Jesus! Subtle as the you should have taken her up on that. I don't know why you didn't. You missed out. Which is actually like you would be surprised. This is like one of my favorite things about Hollywood now is that like you would be shocked how many people don't care that you say that to them. Also, oh, I don't mean to like make it. I don't mean to cheapen it but i have repeated that you line weren't before. special justin you weren't special at all because i mean sometimes i'm just moved in that way that's what she said to me just before we consummated the marriage <laughs> i want to put my mouth on your mouth that and i exactly. i mean it's like i've told morgan freeman i want to run naked in the rain with him and he's like cool and i'm like also at the Golden Globes parties, like after the ceremony, like I like to find the most famous person in the room that like no one will approach because they're like weirded out yeah. by it. And then I will walk up to them. Now, it's always a toss up as to whether or not they're going to recognize me from an interview. Usually it's a negative on that one. <laughs> but I'll walk up and just slowly, you don't want to like scare them because like they're skittish like horses. And and then you just go, hey, complimentary high fives. <laughs> And like I had I have so much luck giving away complimentary high fives. Word to the wise, don't ever charge for your high fives. Always give them away and everyone will take them. This, by the way, is a horrible business model. If you people are listening to this podcast for money making techniques, giving away your complimentary high fives is going to bankrupt your business eventually. I'm not inv- if this is Shark Tank, I'm not investing. Yeah, in no, game. I'm sorry. I don't ha- I don't care I'm how out. many kids you've got working for you. Uh Gray's Gray, your besties with Samuel L. Jackson. I think I've seen several instances where you guys are total BFFs. I love him so much. He's so nice. I I could talk about him all day, every day. And the the latest greatness is that he read uh, my wedding vows to Steve. <gasps> yeah, because I, I yeah, that's <laughs> like what that's I did. That's not strange at all. No. That's that's, that's that happens wonderful. at every wedding. Because well, he was like super. <laughs> so I explained that I was getting married, and he was like, ugh. He goes, if, if I don't see, if I see you again in t- three months and you don't have a smile on your face, tell like, man, I'm coming after him. No, you can swear on the pad- podcast, I right? ask, baby. So. Yeah. Well, so he refers to Steve as two things. Oh, no. Stove. Okay. Because that is what I call Steve as a joke. Because I'm so hot. Is that, is that it? It's because you're so hot. I, don't know I have a friend and colleague honestly. also named Steve who we call Stove. It's a thing. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. Thank you. Wow. So Sam Jackson refers to Steve as either Stove or Motherfucker. <laughs> that Motherfucker. <laughs> Which is like a dream come true. So the la- I saw oh. him I saw him after the wedding and he was and I, I meant he I mentioned like, oh, Steve says hi. And he goes, Man, are you still married to that motherfucker? <laughs> And he's like, wow, that's pretty great. And I looked at Ryan Reynolds that was sitting right next to him. This was for Hitman's oh, Bodyguard. Yeah. And I went and I, I looked at Ryan Reynolds, who weirdly I, I've had I've been dressed like a French maid in his presence. We've like, you know, I've I've thrown papers at Jake Gyllenhaal in front of him. And I went, 
And Ryan, uh, Steve tells you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> Which I did tell, actually. He did <laughs> actually say that. But the fun fact, the fun part is that Ryan Reynolds doesn't actually know Steve. <laughs> Sam Jackson knows of Steve. Right. But He's a little in the loop. And so Ryan like is just staring at me dead in the eye when I say it. And then he takes a pause and he goes, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> I was like, this is great. Like, you can just say whatever you want to these people and they can't. But that's a part of your charm. Like, it's it's the Grey Drake charm, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And we she just kind of waltzes in the room, and we all kind of go, ooh, pink hair, we like you, and we follow you around. <laughs> Truly, like moths to a flame. But if you were somebody who I feel like I shouldn't, I shouldn't name names of people who, like, are not, they're like the antithesis of Grey. Mm-hmm. We, we know they exist. Let's yes. just leave them nameless. Yes, exactly. But, you know, if, if people, walk, not you. they might walk into the room and their may, name may or may not be George or Sam, right? And then I'm like, okay, okay, all right. So this will be over soon, yeah? The, okay. the, there's a movie coming out uh, called Gringo in theaters with Charlize Theron and Joel Edgerton and David Oyelowo. And we were doing interviews for that the other day. And so David, David Oyelowo and I have had lots of different interviews and we're at the point where like he'll walk in the room and he hugs me. Hello, which is really cool. Cause I think he's such a great actor. I will that kill that awesome. son of a bitch. It's okay. Honey, don't you <laughs> um, and so it, that's not common. You know, that he's, a, he's a special guy. So anyways, he had on this dope belt and I, I, we're just standing around waiting for them to change a shot. And I was like, man, your belt is so cool and it had these rivets on it and it said like Jesus loves you and for some reason he was pulling it off but all I saw was love at the moment and I was like man I really dig this belt I love that it says love on it and he turns around and I went oh yeah I was totally looking at your butt like totally (laughs) (laughs) then he straight up like bends over and was like I expect nothing less (laughs) I was like this is a great guy he's gonna put on the show Um, so I think that the way we should start this podcast is by saying that you have absolutely no idea what you can get away with until you start offering it for free you hear that, Justin? You and hear that? Course, this is the business model for crack cocaine. I'll just point that out right now. This is exactly how you get the kids. All right, anyway. I'm on board. <laughs> I was I took the kids out to get juice at, at Jamba Juice, and there was a dare station right in front of Jamba Juice. And I was like, dare still uh-huh. exists? Oh, yes, that was they're doing the, that again. What in, in the fuck? In front of the Chipotle, too. Yeah. In front of Chipotle. <laughs> they're like, this is where all the druggies go. They jump and juice at Chipotle. Well, yeah, we were there. So, I'm yeah. literally walking past it one time because they've set up a few times in North Hollywood where we're at. And the guy's like, do you remember the D.A.R.E. program? And I go, yes. And I didn't like it the first time around. <laughs> right? <laughs> just like, what are you doing? All it, all it was good for was ironic T-shirts. You would just get the D.A.R.E. T-shirt and wear it when you were tripping. That was it. That was the only use for that I, program. I walked so fast away with my kids. I was like uh, Michael Sarah and Super bad where like the girls come up to me was like bye <laughs> just ran away really fast for every dare efficient there is outside of a chipotle i want a girl scout parked outside of a dispensary well, that's what they're selling doing their now. girl scouts yes. smart. The smart i know kids. no but the but the girl scouts of america came down and they were like Mm-mm, sorry girl scouts mm. oh no more of that no they wanted oh. to start assigning the places that they could go they they, uh. they tried to cover it up, of course. They were like, we don't want two Girl Scouts at the same Ralph's. <laughs> right. So but one no. Girl Scout gets there. The other one shows up and has to leave. How hard is it? Yeah, Jesus you would think. Christ. I mean, are they going to have battling moms in the parking lot? Or just do it on Maybe. the down low. Like, how, how does people know? The news stations come and, and write much. out the kid? Yeah. Oops. Social Fox media News. They, they come out. S- social media. Anyway. Yep. 
So the last time Gray was on, we talked about penises and vaginas with, with <laughs> basic instinct of color tonight. So coming back... So we topped it. We had to do something a little bit different. Chrissy's been complaining about some of the movies we've been watching, of course. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, what it, now what do you like for movies? Because you're the non-movie geek. What is your preference when it comes to like genres? My preference in general is romantic comedies or something past 1994, let's say. Okay. Ooh, She's ageist. Uh, you know what? Okay, when, fine. When I'll take that label a little bit. Um, and in some early '90s movies, I'm fine too. I get very caught up in superficial crap, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, it, I really do. For earlier movies than that, is it just sort of like the pacing or the style of it that's sort of not necessarily because I can take a longer pace if it's a great movie. Network was right. a long movie, but a great one. Okay, but if if we're watching something that is quintessentially '80s and it's just kind of like Madcap doesn't have a plot, <laughs> here we go, and then like there's some sort of weird '80s interlude. I I don't know. I can't get on board with it and I feel like I'm the outlier in this of course most people can they love it and there's nostalgia that I don't have for it yeah I think that that's it's a really interesting way to come to a movie when you don't have an emotional tie to it from that very formative part of your life yes and so it was interesting to go back to these movies uh, and because I don't have any ties to four weddings and a funeral I have way more emotional ties to while you're sleeping Oops, I just outed what we were talking about. It's okay. About. No, no, he mentioned it earlier. 90s, so, okay. so we just, 90s romantic comedies. Yes, and romantic comedies. I emailed uh, Gray and I'm like, there's a shocking list I have in front of me of the 90s romantic comedies that Chrissy hasn't seen before. So two of the top ones towards the list that I, I thought most people had seen, we watched. So let's talk about the first one. Kay. Okay. All right. It's from 1995. It's called Why You Were Sleeping. Jerry, I'm not working Christmas. But Lucy, you're the only one. Family. For Lucy, loneliness was a way of life. Joe Jr.'s still single. Yeah, it's a shocker. But the moment she saw Peter, she became a believer in love at first sight. He was perfect. Then fate stepped in. Mr. There's a train coming. Oh, God, you smoke it. Now she's part of his life. He's in a coma. Oh, I was going to marry him. Who's she? She's his fiance. No, no, no. He's just engaged. Part of his family. So glad he found you. You haven't met Jack yet. It's funny. My brother never mentioned you. Which one of the three studios was Peter's favorite? Curly. Curly. Ha! He's everybody's favorite. Fact is, you're not really Peter's type. Whose type am I? I like blondes. You like brunettes. What can I say, Peter? I was never envious of anything that you had until now. You have to tell me what to do. I like Jack. Pull the plug. You are sick. I'm sick. You're cheating on a vegetable. Caravan Pictures presents Sandra Bullock. These are your husband's things. Not my husband. Your fiance. He's awake. In a film about love at second sight. Who are you? While you were sleeping. So this is the logline for why you were sleeping. A hopeless, romantic Chicago Transit Authority token collector <laughs> is mistaken for the fiancé of a coma patient. Sounds legit. Why did they put so much emphasis on her job? Yeah. It's half of the tagline right there. It's yes. so unusual. So uh, this this one is directed by, uh, I always think of, his. he's got a name of a children's toy, John Turtletob. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they they named uh, J.K. Simmons' BoJack Horseman character more like Turtle Tob as well. Is it? And he's just literally a turtle. (laughs) 
So <laughs> BoJack oh Horseman is the greatest show on So li- listen to Turtle Tobbs, his other films that he's directed. He directed Three Ninjas, Cool Runnings, <laughs> Phenomenon, oh, wow. oh. National Treasure 1 and 2, oh. Phenomenon. The, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, hmm. Las Vegas, which is that recent one with all like Michael Douglas and your boy oh. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually pretty good. Was, wait, was that the musical show? Nope. It was oh. all the old dudes. Hanging out together in Vegas, like being crazy. Did you see that one? Yeah, De Niro was in it. Was it good? Charming. Charming. Yeah, really good cable movie. All right. Interesting. Take it. I'll watch it off flight. But uh, he also has uh, one coming out this year, The Meg, which is the adaptation. I don't know if you've seen that drugstore novel with like the huge shark, like the (laughs) 40 foot shark with our boy. We call him Jason Statham. Jason Statham Statham against like a 40 foot shark or a ginormous shark. Is he really our boy? Can we keep him? Yes, we love him. (laughs) We love him. But we're talking about why you were sleeping. So this one's got Sandra Bullock, Bill Bill Pullman, Peter Gallagher, Peter Boyle, Jack Warden, Glennis Johns, Monica Kina, Chrissy. Yeah. Before we get to to, to our, our guest here, you had never seen this movie before. No, shockingly. Shockingly. I actually didn't know anything about it either. I want oh, to take away a your Sandra yeah. Bullock okay. movie? I, girl card. Right? Hmm. I right? want to take away your girl card. Uh, you know what? So, <laughs> truth. I think this is why I didn't see this movie. I had seen Speed in 1994. Loved it. Like, yep. perennially one of my favorites, and I even made our five-year-old watch it when she was three. I digress. <laughs> hmm. uh, that was what the, is 55 miles an hour? <laughs> She knows a new version of Wheels on the Bus, no joke, where she's like, Keanu Reeves on the bus says, stay above 50, stay above <laughs> wow. 50. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's our special secret verse that we don't say it's cool. So anyway, uh, the year after I saw that, I started taking acting classes. And at one point, we had to go around and say who our favorite actor and actress respectively were. And it gets to me. And I'm all of, I think, 11 or 12. And I go, Sandra Bullock. And my acting teacher, who I respected, looks at me and says, that is the most boring and horrible actress I've ever seen. Oh, wow. If you want to be in this class, you really need to pick somebody else if you want to try to model yourself into a real actor in front of everybody. Take that, preteen. Yeah. You should have punched him in the face. So I'm pretty sure that affected me, and that's why I didn't see this when it came out the next year. I was like, Where was this? Where were you living at the time? Um, I was living in North Hollywood, and this was a class in Sherman Oaks. Okay. Yeah, it was some L.A. asshole. Right. No, I was, I was actually picturing she- it being like in Des Moines, Iowa or something <laughs> where they're just like, that's the most horrible. It's like, yeah. and I'll be doing the Christmas theater this year. <laughs> Look for me as Scrooge's friend. No, and then she was like, now let's work on our Popeye's commercial. And people went up and were like, love that chicken of Popeye's. I remember it fondly. So I'm pretty sure that's why I didn't see while we were while we were sleeping, while you, you. were sleeping. You were, you were sleeping, yes. Anyway, uh, I thought it was pretty. It was pretty good. I love Sandra Bullock. Off the bat, I think she might have been slightly miscast in this movie. That's interesting. Why? I well, maybe it was because of the lack of chemistry. I felt on her behalf. I think Bill Pullman could have chemistry with a tree. He's mm. I, really and has before. Have you seen Bill Pullman in the tree movie? <laughs> oh my god, I love that one. <laughs> it's the sexiest. <laughs> I love him, and that- he gives this speech about how today is our Arbor Day, and how the tagline is. <laughs> Moss always grows on the north side. It's very weird. I'm dead. (laughs) But there was something from Sandy that didn't, I don't know, it didn't translate. Like, I didn't feel like she really was in love with Peter Gallagher or Bill Pullman. She was just confused. And whoever happened to snatch her up was going to be the winner. So 
that kind of got in the way for me. I wasn't rooting for her to fall in love with anybody. I was just rooting for one of them to make a decision. That being said, it was still an enjoyable movie and I loved it and fun and yay, it was fun to watch on cable, but I'm glad I didn't see it back then, to be honest with you. It's, it's, it wouldn't have been my favorite then. It would have disappointed me. Gray? I think that Sandra Bullock was perfectly cast. Ooh, in your face, Chrissy. And I'll tell you specifically why. Because this character is such a goddamn sociopath. That she is the only actress that could have made that person likable. And this woman leads this entire family down a path, making them think that she has a has a, an intimate connection to their frigging son that's in a coma. Okay. She she misleads them. She lies. She's they're They're trying desperately to figure out like what is going on. And she just keeps misleading them because she like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I loved him because he handed me tokens. And it's like, <laughs> you fucking asshole. You don't even know him. How could you love him? His eyebrows. Did you see those eyebrows? Oh my God. So I, something happened to me. When Did I watched Peter Gallagher this, touch you. <laughs> I wish. Show us on the dolly. <laughs> some, some, I used to really like this movie. And now I can't stand it. It made me so mad. And I, it was I frustrating. Was, and Sandra Bullock, I'm such a huge fan of hers. And I think she's so intensely likable. Same. And I hated watching this movie this time hated it so then i'm surprised to think that you think that she's well cast in this because everything else you said i totally agree with a rebuttal real quickly meg ryan was a stalkerazzi in sleepless in seattle so (laughs) she's you know i i I, sandra bullock is not the only actress that could have done that in my opinion but because we like sandra so much and she is so good she's better than this movie so i actually (laughs) would that's a great point and i would be interested to go back and watch sleepless in seattle (laughs) for that reason it's a great point um, but I, I think I wouldn't have even made it through like the first 20 minutes of the movie had it not been Sandy Bullock. Like, cause That's she's, a good point. she's so, oh, she was, she smiles. It's like the sun is shining on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the sleepless in Seattle comparison. Um, I think Meg Ryan's character is getting a lot of encouragement from her friends in that movie. Yes. Like she's got a lot of girlfriends who are around her who are like, go for <laughs> it, do her it. On. Right, Rosie whereas, O'Donnell. Whereas Sandra Bullock in this one is just a lone stalker. Alone, yeah. <laughs> she's just, yeah. Oh, she's like, she's like, yeah, my dad died. And it's like, oh, because you killed him? <laughs> did you kill your dad? Is that it, how that went? Where's your mom at? What, did you also have other people well, in your also, life that aren't here anymore? But there's also a socioeconomic difference. Like in, in Sleep in Seattle, Meg Ryan was like, she had like a really good job and you know yeah, it's evidenced by the fact that all she did was listen to the radio and call people <laughs> and like watch movies that wasn't her free time Gray. Clearly. that's a good job who has free like, time she should have eight jobs the poor Sandra Bullock <laughs> in this movie she's like she can't afford nice clothes her hair's always ratty she's Ugh. working in a subway right. it is fun to make Sandra Bullock ugly by the way she makes a great uggo because she's not ugly yeah. uh-huh. and so like by the time that the end of the movie rolls around and she's dressed in a quote wedding dress and she has like these horrible socks on and is trying on potential wedding shoes she's like which one should i pick and she's talking to herself i think and i'm yelling neither 
They're both the worst. <laughs> like the goodwill is embarrassed that you bought those. Wow. And then the woman comes over and he's like, ooh, is this the wedding dress? And I was like, I'm hitting Justin. Is is that wait, whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> that, the that was the wedding dress? Like, I must have missed that somewhere. So Chrissy was very negative. I thought Gray was gonna come in like, you're wrong, Chrissy, but, but Gray's like, no, Chrissy's right. I she hate is, you are. Yes. Steve. Come on, men. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. I was like, <laughs> this is gonna be my my one and only. This is the only movie I watch from now till I die. Um Quit being I, such a pussy. <laughs> I I was not knocked out by the movie. I saw a lot of the creepy aspects to it. Yes. Or some of the sad aspects to it it's like Sandra Bullock is so desperately sad and lonely in Chicago that she falls in love with this guy who's dropping the tokens in who who doesn't talk to her even he doesn't even say like good morning it's not like you like him because he's going out of his way and being a little nice he literally just throws toke, uh, a token because yeah. that's all it is. He's like, cling, and he's gone every yeah, day, right. just like straight onto the no platform. He, no, no he bats his, his eyebrows at her. <laughs> <laughs> that just happens when you're around Peter Gallagher. I've worked on a set with Peter Gallagher. I would. Those eyebrows bat themselves. I would, like to, I would like to point out something that happened when we were watching this. And in the, right in the beginning, when Peter Gallagher's character falls on the tracks and Sandra Bullock saves him, she does. Spoiler. So Spoiler Steve. Alert. Oh, Come on. <laughs> that only goes for so far. This is 1995 yeah, this is we're like, talking about. The 23 years ago. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. There so, might be a 24 year old out there. So he turns, so Steve turns to me. And so I'm like, blah, blah, woo-boo. And he, Steve turns to me and he goes, she did save his life. And I was like, <laughs> what? Come on. You got to give it up for that. <laughs> like super serious. You should get on board. You know what? And I totally, I realize this now just as we're talking about this. She saved his life, claims to be his fiance at the hospital when he's in a coma. Not a single news crew. Mm. Like, no one from the media oh. picks up on this story. Yeah. There hey. has to be somebody inside that hospital who's going to go, man, this girl saved her fiance's life and he's in a coma now. You know what? There's too much other bad news in Chicago. They can't do like a feel good, these white people have survived story. They That's can't. Like too many gunshots. Gun this is 95 we're talking about. This is when like email blew up, was actually in 95. So, of course, mm. we didn't have social media back then. So. No, I mean, they would have been on, you know, Snapchat, it's good local news. Snapchat on the, the, <laughs> at the train, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. This would be like I on Chicago. This would this yeah. totally be some sort of Well, she of wouldn't have a job nowadays, guys, because now you just put the token in the, in the machine yes, and exactly. there's nobody actually working We don't need humans. Yeah, um, don't you just wave your phone, like, in the air and you get the ticket? Yes. Another thing about this movie, the music is so annoying. <laughs> would, you, would you like to demonstrate this for everybody? Please. Okay, uh, so wacky thing is about to happen. Sandra Bullock gets into a situation with Jack Warden. Plink a plink a plink 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 plunk plink a plink a plink a plink a plink 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 a plink a plink a plink it was like whoever the guy wanted to be Randy Newman he was not Randy Newman he can't sing like Randy Newman but at various points I was just singing along and now they're going to the Christmas thing and they're going to get a wedding dress they had that and a lot of the Chicago like romantic comedies comes in with like the saxophone it's like Somewhere there's a shirtless guy with a long mullet who's playing saxophone in Chicago just oh my waiting God. to be the discovered. The music is so maddening. And it's like once you hear it, you can't unhear no, it. And can't. it's everywhere. And it's just like, it's like a serious moment. And, you know, 
You and guys then, are haters. And then they fall on the ice, like she and Bill Pullman. And then blink a blink a blink 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 a blink a blink a blink a blink. It was a heartbeat away from being played on Calliope. Like I was waiting for the organ to come in and be like. So here's another. So this is another weird podcast where I think I'm the one that likes this movie more than everybody else. No, no. All right, so you guys talk about music and like all this stuff. So here, let me talk about the pluses. And the 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 negative that you guys mentioned is this movie is a shade close to being a, a thriller, like a full scale thriller, but <laughs> but with uh, a little you know with plank a plank a plank plank and like Sandra Bullock being the main character, it's it's a screwball farce. If you just switched up that music in the scenes, she would be a stalker killer. This if would you just work put the right fantastically on Broadway. By the way, it would be oh, a great yeah. play, a good farce. Get some good yeah, actors yeah, in there. It would be yeah. a really good farce, dude. So, I bet that they could recut the trailer, do that thing that oh, that is God, so yeah. fun on. YouTube and mm-hmm. make it into a crazy or serial killer movie. What if they did it as a Broadway musical and it was called <gasps> While You Were Singing? <laughs> so I, I love I love that aspect of it. I think Sandra Bullock is, uh, you know, super, super winning like she usually Always, is. Always, though. But this is like in the early days. This came out like right after Love Potion number nine, which yeah. is another movie that she was super ugly, but everyone ended up loving her. Which, by the way, this... Nowhere in this movie does you you see her at the beginning with like her dotty clothes and her hair and you're like is she gonna like she's all that at I was some point yeah. in the movie right right and they're gonna be like oh my god this girl that's been like following us around and says all these things like she's she's even more beautiful than we thought all right. she had to do is wash her hair yeah. makeover <laughs> montage it didn't happen that's like much to its credit so mm-hmm. Bill Pullman we already talked about is always good love him. Everything. He's always good. He's yeah. Huh, I, I thought that uh, yeah, maybe you were in love with your neighbor. <laughs> That's uh, a good impression, actually. I, thought, I don't really. Uh, I don't really want to make furniture. Uh. Just, lo- just, just real quick. You said he was good at everything. Was he good in Independence Day too? Was he? Was anyone? How dare you? That's one of your favorite movies of all time. No, 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 no. Independence Day is one of my favorite movies of all time. Independence Day the Two second one. is oh. not one of my favorite movies of all time. But we like that movie more than most because <laughs> it's because he was a druggie in that movie. <laughs> yeah. He found some prescription pills, and then he was like, "Oh my god, the aliens are back, and I'm on drugs." <laughs> so this is weird. No, I love like I, Spaceballs is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. So that coupled with Independence Day. You, you know, Bill Pullman can do no wrong. I agree. And I thought him and Sandra Bullock were great together. I mean, definitely. I felt all the chemistry from his side. Definitely not from better hers. than uh, Sandra Bullock and, and Peter Gallagher, like when he came to and stuff. By oh, the way, yeah. my favorite scene in this movie is when he finally comes to and he is surrounded by Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and this the, the supporting characters is another thing in this movie that I think ups it up a Agreed. lot. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, sure. I mean, you got Jack Warden, who is. Amazing, he's, yeah. He's another guy's always good. Peter Boyle, Glennis Johns, which I I knew from Mary Poppins as a kid. Hilarious. It's very you can't take it with you if you've ever seen that show. The Family. I I'm thinking like uh like uh Christmas Vacation, like that family, yeah. uh, my big fat Greek wedding, like colorful characters that like you could they could have their own movie going on, but right. they're you know bouncing off Bill Pullman and and Sandra Bullock and stuff, so. Yeah, they're they're really fantastic. You're totally right. Like Glennis Johns always looks like totally insane in every <laughs> no shot in this what. film. Love it, <laughs> and it makes me so happy. 
Plink a plink. Plink a plink. I'm gonna have to go back and listen. I know to the now soundtrack. you want to. Oh right? man, you will notice it, it so hard. It is just so in your face. You can't. Un-hear. Anytime they start to ramp the humor up, it's just plink a plink a plink plink plink. <laughs> So I'm like, usually I wouldn't care about something like this, but the the cast, the 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 crazy twist of this is really like almost like a swim fan like <laughs> thriller, but it, it's funny because Sandra Bullock is involved, and you know, and so I, I love that I love all the the things that are just happenstance, like uh, when the when Peter Gallagher's is it his youngest sister or something decides to visit the toll booth with her friend Monica Kina <laughs> of Dawson's Creek fame. Oh, yes. Monica yes. Kina. And so she comes in the booth for like all of three seconds. And then they're like scampering away to the train. like, <laughs> And then they mistakenly like out Sandra Bullock as being engaged to which her fellow toll booth lady is no, like, and pregnant. what? And then she's like, are you pregnant? And the girls just overhear Sandra Bullock. Classic threes company. Right. Totally. And then, and then just go spill the beans immediately. And I'm like, Oh, plank a plank. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were 15, would you not have gone home and told every single person you knew? <sighs> I would have. I mean, I would have. Who wouldn't? Well, that's another thing. Uh, in a thriller, a a main character who is always talking to herself like she does would be like, oh, she needs to go to the mental institute. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is definitely going to close in Fatal Attraction, you know? So, uh, how about that neighbor too? Oh, Jimmy Jr. Oh, the one who she literally, and I do mean literally, in the actual sense. Put in the closet. Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Where one. he wore her shoes. Her ugly her ass odd shoes. Things would start coming out. That was just such a weird side character. Just a little bit. But then I have to remember that we were still pretty gay phobic in 1995. Yeah. So yeah. so this was like a fun. Hey, he's in the closet. Wink, wink. Wink. Blink, blink, blink. Yes. Exactly. And they still like made the. They still tried to keep the facade going that he was straight. Exactly. But that's another moment when Steve very seriously turned to me and went, does he seem very effeminate to you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, he actually, you know, I never thought about it, actually. He really does. Right. He's and very flamboyant in some of his gestures sure. and vocalizations and everything else. But And it's odd that, that, char- that he chose to play the character that way and they didn't make him gay in the movie. <laughs> So he's still like supposedly this lady killer, but like he would have done way better in a gay bar. He would have gotten laid all the time. Oh, 100%. And can we just discuss the Marilyn wannabe who he ends up with at one point? She's just like, oh, Johnny. And I'm like, how does she not know? The girl on the third floor. (laughs) Oh, boy. That was a fun That's Chicago for you. (laughs) (laughs) Happens all the time. Was anybody frustrated? as I was, and I alluded to this earlier, with Sandra towards the end, how it just seemed like everything yes. was happening Whatever you're going to say is yes. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, make a decision, woman, for God's sake. The, you, you were saying that, that her character becomes very passive at the end. Yes. Yeah. And brainless. It's terrible. What happened? She, like, shows up to a wedding, and then all of a sudden, it, it's out of her hands that the... The woman that Peter Gallagher had proposed to shows up and the woman and the man that she had been having an affair with shows up and everybody decides for her everything that's going on and the and the you know the Jack Ward is right. like you should be with him. Yeah, and it's just a mess. And oh, yes, it is really so annoying, annoying 
how passive the ending is, you're absolutely right. I get being torn. That's different to say like, wow, I didn't realize that I would ever have strong feelings for somebody other than the the idol of my affection, or object of my affection, I should say. Yeah. I get that, being eyebrows torn. Eyebrows McGee. Yes, eyebrows McGee for the win. Oh, we could really toss a token, strong fingers. <laughs> Not a coin. I mean, he had token, nice eyebrows, but once he started talking, he was kind of a... a, a Douche. Do- I mean, he had like a, a big headshot of himself in his, yeah. his home. Like oh, geez. Yeah. Imagine that. You start talking to someone and you get to know who they really are. You don't just like stand behind glass and let let them throw a token at you. Oh my god! And fall in love with. I'm them. starting to get the life lesson that comes along with while you were sleeping. Hi, Bob. Oh. oh god, you're having a moment. We're gonna get divorced. You have to aren't be a we? part of life. You have to get out there and save someone's life. I gotta do things. I gotta go. You guys are so down on her. She saved his life. Oh my god. She right? went. She went to the hospital responsibly, where she, you know, accidentally uttered aloud that she was in love with him. She wanted to marry him. That was not her fault. The problem is... Whose fault was nurse. it if it was not her fault? The problem is she started... I mean, have you ever got... Somebody thought you said something wrong, but you just like went along with it because you didn't want to rock the boat? I don't yes, know, Justin. because everyone calls me Grace. <laughs> and I don't always correct them. <laughs> so I get it. But it's... So she just went along with it just way too long and way too deep and... Well, that's what happens with the little white lie. It becomes a snowball that rolls downhill and eventually you're like, well, now what? I guess it... Okay. And that's what's funny is that I used to be super into said snowball. <laughs> and this time around, no, I, I actually watched this movie, I want to say like eight months ago, maybe. Something and like I that. was into it and I was like, oh, what a lark. I remember this film. And then I rewatched it with Steve for this lovely evening that we're sharing. It's and Steve's I, fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what we're getting for this is Steve is a buzzkill. Do not sit with Steve to watch your favorite re- films. Oh my God. Can't sit here. <laughs> I would very much also like to say that you have changed how I watch things. And oh, I'm horrible. You, you <laughs> s- refuse to suspend disbelief on the weirdest shit. I'm with him on this. Go on. The weirdest one being, so you are from North Dakota. What? When oh. I'm telling you. Sorry, it wasn't a reveal. Sorry. Plink, <laughs> <laughs> so, plink, plink, plink. So when we were watching the first season of Fargo, and there is a scene oh. in the Fargo, it's either Fargo or Minnesota um, um, post office. And you go, <sighs> And I was like, what? And you go, that is not what the post office looks like there. <laughs> oh, and my you, God, you're Neil deGrasse Tyson. I need you to give me a high five on that. I'm with you. People in Fargo do not do that. You were so disgusted. <laughs> the, the overall sweeping, arcing, arching thing throughout that entire series, the first season, Billy Bob Thornton looking like he does with his Moe Howard haircut and his beard and his weird jacket and his yelling at people and beating people up at random, just like on the streets, threatening people. And it's like murders start happening in this town, and not one person goes, hey, what's up with that new guy? (laughs) Has anybody checked out the new guy? No, it's like that's exactly... The town would just, as one, would turn and point to Billy Bob Thornton in a bar or restaurant and go, I would suspect he is the man killing people as he has been quite outrageously upsetting since he entered our town. 
It but was. Nothing. I mean, you're right. And it all culminated in that goddamn post office. <laughs> and I, I don't even remember my upset at the post office. Oh, at this I will point. never oh, forget sorry. it. Because you're like, and Wait, I, honey, what? Right. I was like, oh my god, and that is, and y- this is the moment you've checked out of the series, and we have like eight episodes left. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> that is that is something that you are looking for. In, in movies and TV, and I will never understand it because I'm so on board with stuff. I, I think that part of the way that I watch movies has changed because I'm, I'm looking, I'm always watching it like I'm going to do an interview for it, and that's a positive job. I'm promoting the film. So to me, it's up to me to figure out what I could possibly say or what I could 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 further that's positive about their film, but also like, but something that I believe, not just like I'm not bullshitting these people, but it's like, oh my god, I really thought the trees in that scene were just like so willowy, <laughs> like way to go. You are weeping, practically I w- crying. I know, just amazing tears, real tears. <laughs> um, I want to find those things, and so I watch things, and I'm like. Okay, I'm on board. And it has to be like, it has to really yank me out of it for me to have the same response to things that you do. Right. But I, and I think the way you phrase that suddenly is leading me down the road to divorce. No, uh, it's, no, no. It's, I, I don't watch it to find mistakes. I, I, you just find them much more easily. I do. And I see things that just stand out to me because I, I make films. I, I've done some short films. I've been on a lot of sets. I do a lot of stuff like that. And it's amazing how simply some of these things could be avoided with just a thought or a throwaway line or just not filming things a certain way. And you would never have this thing that draws you out at all. You're like Mr. Cinema Sins over you, here. Right? Well, so here's the thing. Well, it's just how you are. I mean, I think it's very interesting. So, so would did you don't have. Don't leave me. Please don't leave. <laughs> Oh, I, I love you. you divorced I love me. you so much. No. We get confused. <laughs> free press screenings. Free press screenings. Right. We're just that plus much one, in love. I'm still your plus one. Please, please. <laughs> so did you get frustrated with Sandra Bullock's character because she didn't correct everyone straight out of the gate? Did that bother you in this film or not? That she didn't? No, actually it didn't. Okay. Uh, I, I was just kind of like, yeah, that's you know, the, that's the premise. That's of the her thing. reality. Like, like, do you I, think I, I, could, I could feel for her? Like, I could feel for that happening to me. Like, just go. I, I'm not going to rock the boat. That would happen to like, you. Like her grandmother has like a heart condition. I want to. I don't want to kill her. Like, I have a lot of free time. I don't have any friends or family. Apparently, right. she's lonely. So let me go with it. And then she just and never stopped going with it. And I'm also. I mean. Just to reflect the current temperature of our times, she is also like a really nice looking white lady. And so that is an interesting aspect to it. Do you think you would have not want, you would have been mad at Sandra Bullock had she walked into the Fargo post office? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know why I feel like I'm being cornered. I love you. I'm with Steve in his corner. It drives Justin crazy. And granted, I grew up in a giant metropolis of LA, but every single time something is not right and I see it and it's, I'm not looking for it. Like you said eloquently, I see it though. And I'm like that. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what that is. Or mm-hmm. that's, I think that was there, but that's not right. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, get over it. Everything is shot in LA and they make it different. 
But it, but that sort of crap drives me crazy. Or anything. How many times have I said suspension of disbelief on this po- podcast? Well, wait Ooh. a minute. At the beginning of the Last Jedi, <laughs> how do the bombs drop out other things onto the other spaceship? It just, it's not like there's gravity there or anything. <laughs> I'm totally out of this movie. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, how would you have felt if this was the original screenplay? Where there was a woman in a coma and a man pretending to be her fiance. Creeper rapist. Oh, really? That's yeah. impossible. <laughs> Unless it's like Tom way. Hanks or somebody. That oh, Tom like Hanks is the only person on be, earth. Right. Be totally winning like that. But yeah. that would have been a, a tight, tight, you know, rope to walk in that one. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. And it's like a cute, nice lady. Like, then we're good. We're Wait fine. a minute, though. Yeah. What, but what if you did it and it's the guy and it's Stifler? Huh? And you use him <laughs> as the romantic lead, oh, and he's the one. Yeah, okay. American blink, blink, Pie, blink, blink, American blink. Pie Seven. <laughs> they just try to make him look all gangly and terrible. Stifler's Revenge. While you were Stifler's Revenge. You were <laughs> well, eighty percent of Rotten Tomatoes agrees with me, guys. Well, uh, yeah. six point seven on the IMDb. This movie made eighty-one uh, million dollars. At the box office here in the USA. That's all that counts. So it was a moderate hit. Well, for, we are the 1%. Um, a big for, and a big first big movie. I think this was one of her. So she had... She had speed. She had speed right... right so she before this, she That's had... That's huge. Love, she was probably filming these at the same this time. Is her, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is her 90s. She had Love Potion no, number 9, Demolition Man, Speed, oh, then this movie. Then this, yeah. Then she had The Net. Practical Magic. A, a Time to Kill... Practical Magic, Hope Float, Speed 2. Jesus Christ. She's she was in, busy. Yeah. She's in so many movies that I really will watch over and over again. Same. She's pretty amazing. Now she's about about to be in Ocean's 8 or whatever I'm that is. I'm psyched about that. Are you psyched about that? I mean, I am. Although, I don't know why. I just thought of Crash and how much you hate it. Oh, God. Crash is awful. She <laughs> I can't loved fucking... Crash when I did it when it came, came out. out. When it came out. Was it your white guilt, do you think? Oh, I might have been. I was man. in college, and college is a confusing time. <laughs> was it because you're from L.A., and it like made like... No, wait. Oh. That was a big part of it. <laughs> wait a minute there. Yeah. For most people, when they say college was a confusing time, they had like a little lesbian fling or something weird <laughs> happened. For you, it was watching Crash. <laughs> I know, I know. That no, is the thing. Well, hold on. So legitimately, and you're not far off, everybody. So I we took- almost broke up because she's like, I love Crash. And I'm like, no. I took a class. I don't know what more part college was thinking. This is before I transferred. But they, they had a class that was film theory and human sexuality. But for whatever reason, they decided to make it one class and call it six units. So it was film theory slash human sexuality. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. A lot of porn. You would think, you would think, but it wasn't. um, Did you watch Caligula movies? We Uh, we did not watch Caligula. Too bad for you. We watched Heat. Same movie, practically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you just picture like Al Pacino as the horse and Robert De Niro is uh, Malcolm McDowell, it totally makes sense. (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) Do you remember, Steve? Do you remember that time that Jane Seymour was doing her John Gielgud impression? Yes. She was talking about how he was talking about filming Caligula. And he was, and he was like, oh, and so, and Sir John was like down with the dudes, and uh, was walked into a, a scene shooting of Caligula, and came back out and was like, eh, oh, so many cocks, ooh, <laughs> ooh. So, so many cocks. And hearing Jane Seymour do an impression of Sir John Gilgood is amazing. So this has become like one of my favorite Hollywood pastimes is finding out who has a John Gilgood impression. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell's is only second best to Jane Seymour, it turned out. Oh my God. She, by the way, is posing in Playboy. Oh yeah, 67. I saw that. Yeah. Dr. No, Quinn no, is going wait, to be a wait, Playboy? Wait. Yes. 
Are they are they nude now? I don't Back, think are they... they are anymore. I think that they. I think I saw the photo. She's like in some like uh, just negligee loin right, cloth, like hot tub yeah. negligee. Like okay, good for you, Jane Seymour. Yeah. You're still rocking, and she is an attractive lady. I mean, beautiful. Uh, she would be. I'm sure she would be gorgeous naked. Um, Easy turbo. Wow. No, I'm just We're not talking about basic instinct to color a night this week, Steve. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but I've got an injection for Dr. Quinn that's going to make sure she never gets any sort of Plains disease. His, I don't know what I'm talking about. His flu shot is 100% effective. <laughs> While she's on the Oregon Trail, she's not going to come down with... What was it? Dysentery. Dysentery. Oh yeah, dysentery. That always killed you on the Oregon Trail. So, Chrissy, you will like this. I, I put for in, the river I with Doctor Quinn. I put in bold letters. What happened to Monica Kina on my paper? So, <laughs> you're a Monica Kina fan from Dawson's Creek. She's yeah. in this movie for for a second. She's like the sure. younger sister or whatever. I guess. Yeah, she's always. So she she's dropped off the map. But guess who she was like dating a few years ago. Andrew look, Keegan. Look at this picture. I don't know who that is. That's our boy, Eddie Furlong. Oh, oh wow. my God. Look, look, Pass at this, look at this picture from a couple years ago of them going to El Torito. Of all places. <laughs> oh. Wait, wait, Justin. Was it El Torito or El Torito Grill? There's a difference. I, from the paparazzi, oh. I just see El Torito in the background oh. there. That but he they, just makes me sad. That, yeah, well, because it's El Torito and El Torito Grill. That's the lowbrow version. It's not, it's, <laughs> it looks it's like not, they're up to no good, is what I would say. Right, it looks like they're waiting for their dealer, and that makes me sad because in California, we don't need dealers. That's Monica no. Kina? Yeah. Why does oh. she look like Fergie in a bad way? She does not look good. <laughs> I hope she's doing okay wherever she is. Oh, poor oh, Monica Kina. They went home to their cats after that. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jen Lindley fucked her up. What? On Dawson's Creek. Oh, that's a character. Yeah, it was Michelle Williams. By the way, I would like to subscribe to your Dawson's uh, Creek podcast, Chrissy. This, I, I think I'd like to catch up on what's going that on with those kids. That would be amazing, and I'm on board. <laughs> I'm, from North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina where they filmed that. Yay, I know. Speak. Wait a minute, where in North Carolina? Uh, you were, I, weren't you in North Carolina recently? Yeah, yeah that's right. I grew up in um, the middle of the state, like Thomasville, High Point, Greensboro, and Furniture Country. Sure, sure, sure. Area there. I've been so. to the furniture market. I know where you're from. Have you, you been to the big chair? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we have a matter of big fact. furniture there. There's a big chair that I took Christy to. A the, big chest of drawers. There's actually, I don't know if you know this story, but they filmed Cat's Eye, uh, the Stephen King movie down in mm-hmm. Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And there's one section of that where they've got like this little gnome who runs around like a mm-hmm. very creepy guy haunting <laughs> uh, Drew Barrymore. And he's like the size of like the baseboards. So they built like life size, these huge sets. So that this guy could run around in a costume and make it look like he's in this room. Cool. They build this rocking chair and they go, you know, they, they put it all together and the director comes in and he goes, okay, that looks great. Let's just move the chair like over there. And the guys who build it are like, okay, that's going to take like a day or so. <laughs> and they're like, what, why is it going to do that? It's made of balsa wood, right? And it's like, oh no, it's, it's oak. It's like solid oak. They had Jesus. no clue because they were, it was like new to movie oh making. God. They just like, they got the dimensions for a big chair. They, they built the big biggest, chair. strongest chair they could. Oh my God, you guys, where is that chair right now? <laughs> Like, Stephen King's house. I think he sits cool. on it and just tells stories. They, they filmed Chur of the Corn 3. There. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Destiny with Jim Belushi was filmed there. But then you eventually got out of Furniture Country and you went to uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Yes. Yeah. And then I escaped out here. Cat's Cradle. <laughs> Cat's Cradle. Sometimes uh, when I'm watching these old movies, I think about what the junket would have been like for the oh. films. And I think this one would have been like a laugh riot. With two Fs. Dude, they would have totally paired up Bill Pullman and Peter Gallagher, which would be like my dream. 
those guys. <laughs> I mean, Bill, suave, you know, yeah. Bill eyebrows, Pullman, presidential. He, he has a really dry sense of humor. I've never talked to Peter Gallagher, but um, Bill Pullman has a really dry sense of humor. So a lot of people think that he's like rude, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. not though. He's just, he's super funny. Um, one time I was on the set of Independence Day 2, which was out in New Mexico. <gasps> oh my God. And Humble brag. He, right? <laughs> And we, they had this big barbecue for everybody. And so we were just like hanging out with the cast. And I was like, this is like my complete dream is to eat ribs in front of Jeff Goldblum, like really slowly. <laughs> like stare That's him, his dream too, by right? the way. Right? Thank you. Stare him deep in his eyes. Don't know if you know this. Jeff Goldblum obsessed with Chrissy. I don't oh. doubt that for it's a, a second. It's a thing. <laughs> It's a thing. I don't doubt well, it. Well, yeah. I'm not alone. It's a big club. No, but he wanted like several times for you to come sing uh, at his piano. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He was a close talker in an elevator, yes. fondled cr- my hand. And I, when I got really nervous, I said, my husband loves you. And he l- glanced briefly at my finger, looked back at my yeah. face and was like, oh, uh-huh. and he loves you too. And I went, yeah. She used yeah. me as an excuse not to go. And I'm like... Chrissy, what are you thinking? I could have met you there. Justin, he <laughs> held my hand through the hallways of CBS and made me sing Stormy Weather with him and then paused in front of the doorway, looked deep into my eyes and said, please Amazing. come with me tomorrow night and sing with my band at Cafe Was. You're a great singer. And I said, you're so... That sounds amazing. Yeah. You should definitely milk that. Ray would have done this. Steve would have done this. I would have done this. Well. I've watched Jeff Goldblum do this to somebody else. See? uh, It's an interesting experience. He told me I smelled like cotton candy one time. (laughs) That's a great compliment. Yeah. And you know what? It came. uh, I, I was going to New Mexico to shoot. Uh, our Leonard Malton and I do the show for the Reels channel, and so Leonard knows oh, Jeff the Goldblum. Malts. Oh, oh, the go Maltz. So Leonard sat down next to me in the waiting area, and he was like, "Oh, Jeff Goldblum is here," and I was like, <gasps> "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, I was chatting with him at the California Pizza Kitchen," and so just as he says that, boop 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 boop, Jeff Goldblum walks up to the Southwest boarding line, and I was like. Oh my God, Leonard. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's in our boarding group. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't talk to him. Don't, I can't talk to him. I can't. And so Leonard goes, No, no, no. And he <laughs> walks me directly up to him and goes, Hey, Jeff, this is my colleague, Gray Drake. And Jeff Goldblum looks at me and goes, Hi, Gray. It's so nice to meet you. What do, what do you do? And I fucking panicked. And I looked at him and I went, I party. <laughs> I party? And Leonard was horrified. And he goes, uh, she's the senior editor of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and he goes, wow, wow, wow. Just like and him. I think we talked for probably like 25 more seconds until he decides that we're all going to play the movie game. <laughs> when you say a, an actor that's in a movie and then the next person says that this another, like a, the movie and another actor. He played you, that game with us too. He loves playing he loves that game. this game. He yes. plays it with everyone I've I learned. It. Yes. And then. Man whore. I know. Right? Well. And then months <laughs> later going back. So he was going to New Mexico to film in Independence Day too. So when I was back on the set, I walked in for the interviews and I went, hi. And I hadn't said anything else. And he just went, any good parties lately? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, good. 
<laughs> wow, no, that's impressive because obviously he's a ladies' man, and I'm impressed by his memory recall. I, thank you. Yeah, seriously, I was, it was like the most embarrassing w- recall he could have ever possibly. No, that, that's a positive recall coming from the Goldblum. Oh that is Jesus. A my positive hands one. are sweating. I party. <laughs> this is why I don't worry about my wife on the road around celebrities. <laughs> Such a smooth talking lassie. Such a, go ahead and charm Jeff Goldblum. What do you do? I party. I'm the worst. <laughs> I was like, why did you say that? That's not even true. Par- yeah, I know. It's like, I party. I mean, just don't say that in front of like Leonardo DiCaprio because then you'll be on a plane to St. Bart's before you know it. Right, that's the thing. It's like, party has a whole different connotation to someone like Jeff Goldblum. My God. Right. He's used to snorting cocaine off the backs of like... Uh, An albino wolf. And- yes, exactly. exactly. That's his choice. That's the game is find the cocaine on the albino wolf. <laughs> Snowball is the name of the wolf, by the way. Also the drug you end up doing. <laughs> Okay, guys. Or just as a real We haven't gotten to the second one yet. We haven't gotten to the second movie. All right. uh, What would be your final grade uh, for while you were sleeping? Meh. C. C? Yeah. C? Yeah. I'm really at like C plus. C plus, B minus. I mean, it's it's entertaining. I think it's entertaining for cable. I think it's fine. It's just like, you know, you happen on it and you just stop and go like, oh, yeah, this movie or whatever. Yeah. I give it a B. Okay. Okay. I'm with the C plus with them. Like I said, if it was anyone other than Sandra Bullock, I think it, I, I'd probably be lower on it. I just love her. And I think this is same. a very but. Sandra Bullock. Uh, what? I, same that I love her, but I still stand by my thinking it would have been, um, I don't know, to her benefit, surely, and maybe to the boobies benefit if it had been cast differently. Did we, you say the boobies benefit? <laughs> 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 we, we basically... <laughs> Right now, just recreated that tomato meter score, though, by the way. <laughs> like, it's yeah, the same. Much. So, yeah. yeah. True. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. There we go. Um, all right. Cool. Cool. Let's go into the second one. Okay. Uh, it, it's one fr- of us has had two children and needs to take a restroom break. Okay. Enjoy talking about the intro and the uh, log line. Good, good. All right. So, the second movie we watched was a year earlier in 1994. It's called Four Weddings and a Funeral. Good friends. You look perfect. You, you, in fact, you probably are perfect. Great lovers. Oh, I hardly think too far would be them. Maybe this. Bad timing. So, so I uh, came after your film, sir? No, you were 32. <laughs> Smashing climax. It's pretty easy to say I do whenever anyone asks you a question. I do. <laughs> Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell, Four Weddings and a Few, rated R. All right, the logline on this one, if no one's ever seen this movie, is over the course of five social occasions, a committed bachelor must consider the notion that he may have discovered love. That's the most British logline I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> a committed bachelor. If they just mentioned Churchill in there somewhere, I think they would have covered everything. <laughs> exactly. All right, I, I, the, the people behind this one, I think, are very interesting. So it was directed by Mike Newell, mm-hmm. who... Um, he directed Enchanted April, Donnie Brasco, Pushing Tin, Mona Lisa Smile, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, oh. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yikes. Um, and then I, I, this is probably his most famous one. So, But he, this was also written by Richard Curtis, Yay! who you guys might know from uh, writing and directing Love Actually and About Time, which Chrissy and I are very fond of. He also wrote Notting Hill Notting and Hill, yeah. Bridget Jones 1 and 2. 
starring wow. Hugh Grant, Andy McDowell, John Hanna, Kristen Scott Thomas, James Fleet, Simon Callow, and Rowan Atkinson. Guys, Chrissy's in the bathroom. What were your... Had you obviously seen Four Wags and a Funeral before? I had seen parts of it, I think, on cable. I don't think I'd ever seen it from start to finish mm-hmm. because I noted as it was going what a slow start it had. I'd never seen like the slow sort of build to actually get to that first wedding, everything they go through, all that sort of stuff. So I don't think I'd ever sat down and just watched it Did start you say slow build to the first wedding? Because that's like the first scene. Yeah, but it, it takes them a while to get to it. <laughs> It, I mean, it literally took them a while to get to that wedding. <laughs> that first minute seemed like an hour. It, did, it went on forever. It really did. It's like, uh, what does it say uh, in The Jerk where he's like, he's like, oh, he's yes. Like, the, the first that week we were together, it seemed like a month. But then oh, the second yes. the second day, that was like four days. Yes. And then the third day, we saw each other just like half a day. So that was kind of like just a regular day. That was one of the first movies I showed Chrissy when we first start, started dating. Because I was like, if you don't like this movie, I don't think we can continue <laughs> on our relationship. Yeah, that's good. I saw it when they re- they released it in the theater not too uh, long ago, uh, near where we're at, up at this Lamley. And oh. I went and saw it like in the theater. It's amazing how some of those scenes do not hold up among like a modern crowd. How dare you, Steve? Oh, no. I, I enjoyed it and thought I it was hysterical. But when he starts going into the... Uh, when they start talking about like the, the people who are living in the apartments, you know, the, the eggplants, the mm. jungle bunnies, the, all that stuff, and yeah. he just doesn't get it, and then he drops the end bomb Like, our theater was palpably just horrified. That was, that was <laughs> definitely some PC issues. Um, that's like... Hysterical. Well, I always like... I always like saying when we went to see Blazing Saddles in the theater right. when Gene Wilder passed away, um, I was like bracing myself. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the only thing that horrified that audience was punching the horse. Yes. <laughs> they, were fine with, the horse. they were fine with everything else. But when the horse got punched, everybody goes, Chrissy, never I seen, commiserate. Never seen Blazing Saddles before. Christine. No, but what was the movie with Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> Oh, it wasn't Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Blazing Saddles 2. No, it was uh, the uh, Coen Brothers. But you knew what I was talking about. Right. Which is the, the greatest thing. It's amazing. The Coen Brothers True Grit. Yes. Oh. Uh, with with uh, a horse, okay. horse dies in that movie. Haley Steinfeld yeah. or something like that? Yes. Chrissy, Chrissy didn't realize that the, hor- that the horse did die. Like... Not not like the filming in the movie, like the actual character of the horse in the movie dies, and Chrissy got really upset. Because I'm that a happened. blonde, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really <laughs> didn't know. And then I was just like, what's happening? Like, why so abrasive? So, oh my God, why is the horse dying? Like, I didn't, I, you had to explain it to me, what was happening. Great, did you have a uh, history with Four Ways and a Funeral? So I think I saw this in the theater when it came out, but I haven't seen it since. And so I've... I was really surprised to see like Hugh Grant so vibrant and young, uh, and because he's like had True. nearly reached maximum Hugh Grant at this point, like, <laughs> and and so I was watching this, imagining that I was my age in in 1994, watching this dude, and like I get how impressive he would have been to an um, especially an American audience that like didn't know his other stuff because he'd only done really small other UK stuff and because I, I I have weirdly I have a much deeper remembrance of the Englishman that went up a hill and came down a mountain than this movie yeah than this one mm-hmm. I didn't it's like because I, I always liked Andy McDowell and I was like whatever this movie's fine 
for whatever was reason. Was that one after this? Mm-hmm, that it- movie stuck with me more than Four Weddings. And then I met Hugh Grant. So we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, so, no. and, it all, and she takes a drink. <laughs> so Steve had seen parts of this, but never seen the full movie. Christy, right. you had never seen the full movie at all. No, anything. Not even a scene. Uh, this is, uh, at one time, it was the highest grossing British movie of all time. I bet. Wow. Yeah. Super, okay. super popular. I mean, it's got 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Seven Does point, it? Seven point yeah. one at IMDb. So this it grossed fifty two million here in the US, but two hundred and two hundred and forty five worldwide. Interestingly so. enough though, with the Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics scored at like ninety five percent. The audiences were only around seventy two or something, I think. Mm-hmm. So like which which normally with like a romantic comedy Audiences, I think, tend to like them more than the critics do usually. Yeah, romantic comedies and, and just comedies, but also probably horror. Yeah. Sure. So. And I wonder how many uh, audience, like where, where the audience is scoring it from. Is it you, mostly U.S. that are voting mm. for that right. Rotten Tomatoes score? Because this is a very British. It's very British. Very British Capital Right. Hugh Grant is the human version of C-3PO. <laughs> Like just like oh dear oh dear oh 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 goodness oh bugger me so, I'm about to swear in this joke. what did you excuse me bugger what did you th- what did you think your first time watching it, Chris so it didn't really click with me until the funeral or actually the penultimate scene to the funeral up until then I was like where the fuck is this movie going what is happening. <laughs> What like what are they doing? Okay, it's it's another wedding, and there's Andy McDowell, and there's another girl who has some sort of like short wedge haircut. I like it's short like this hair, thing but is what's literal. happening? It's like there's actually going to be four weddings in a funeral, right? <laughs> but this is but you know what's bad when you're waiting for the funeral. You're 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 like just you're waiting like, for there not to be a funeral. You're like fuck this movie for lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the funeral, and in fact, in the eulogy, which was beautiful and a turning point for the movie, in my opinion, he actually says uh, that. Oh gosh, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Um, it begins with a G. Um, it's not Gerald. It's Gareth. Uh, that he preferred funerals to weddings. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because you actually have a shot at participating one day. And and I, I, I laughed like in spite of myself, but it, that was a, a turning point in the movie for me because I had looked forward to the funeral, believe it or not. And then here we were. And, and finally, there was some emotional resonance between the characters. Finally, there was something to grab onto, which mm-hmm. in my opinion, there wasn't until that point. It was just Hugh Grant being his grandiest. That scene has some of the best acting I've seen in a really long time, I felt like. Yes. It was so... I I oh I forget his name in real life, but he's also in Sliding Doors. And oh, I John love, John Hanna. Yeah, thank you. Um, that eulogy that he gives Very is good. so moving and so incredible, and that's when I really marvel at the skill of acting because it's not something that I feel like I could do, especially when I see a scene like that, mm-hmm. and I think about what it must have taken for him to to find that in himself after reading it off a page. It's pretty incredible. I agree with you completely and a hundred percent. And I feel free to disagree if anybody does, but prior to that point, it just felt like, is Hugh Grant going to end up with Andy McDowell? Let's wait and see. And that's really all it had for itself going into that. It point. is such a clever, clever premise. I think that the movies built around what's in the title and it's like oh how cute and like it the movie's divided up into these sections and i could really get behind that and i was like oh 
God, Richard Curtis is so good at this. <laughs> ah, I love him. <laughs> we were talking about the same guy uh, that that did this or wrote this did uh, About Time and Love Actually. Oh, it all makes sense. And now. Notting Hill. And so when which she hasn't seen that was one one of the ones that was on the list that she so hasn't seen. I've seen just, a couple scenes from it. Just know that Notting Hill has the most accurate depiction of a movie junket that I've seen. Really? Having participated in many of them since, you know, starting many years ago. And when I talked to Richard Curtis, so for fans of that movie, you'll understand this joke. Um, you, you come in the room and you slate. So I say, Gray Drake, Rotten Tomatoes, and then you start the interview. So that way the people checking your tapes can make sure that they've gotten it to the right person. So... I go, I sit down with Richard Curtis and I'm so geeked out and I was so pumped and I was so excited. And I was like, Gray Drake, Horse and Hound magazine. <laughs> and he laughed and I, and he go, and he started telling me all these stories about Notting Hill. And he, he, the, my favorite one was that there is a, the, the way that Hugh Grant, fu- get like declares himself as part of horse and hound is that he just sees the magazine on the table. But when you look at the shot, there's a plant on the table next to the magazine that's artfully curled onto it. And Richard Curtis told me that they had to put the plant there because the prop department had made the magazine and misspelled the title. (laughs) So there was this huge typo on the cover, but they couldn't remake it. And so they put the the plant on it. And when I went back to the movie, I looked for it and I just felt like so close to Richard Curtis (laughs) in that moment. Amazing. That's an awesome story. Oh man! Um, so I saw this when this first came out, and that, like Gray, that, I think that's the only time I ever seen this. But looking back, I think the biggest problems with it for me were, uh, I think Annie McDowell is miscast. Bingo! In this, in this role, I love her, but not it's a in this. real. It's a real problem. Looking back at this, it's a tough role to have because they're horrible people. <laughs> it when it comes to weddings and when it comes to relationships. Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell are horrible people because they meet two or three times and they're boffing and they're having a great time. But she's engaged at one point and they know it and they're doing it. And then they're you know, like, they're they're breaking it. Yeah, none of them are, are pleasant. None of them. How are, that are nice. you guys so calm about this movie? This is another movie filled with psychopaths. <laughs> like. I have no, yeah, Andy McDowell is miscast. It's a thankless role, and she has all the personality of a fucking wooden plank. Okay? So she's, I mis- don't- she's miscast. That horrible haircut. Uh, I mean, he's properly cast, and that's that's when we get back to, I saw it back then, I'm like, eh, now that I know that we hate Hugh Grant, because... <laughs> Gray hates Hugh Grant. And he's touched my butt, by and we, the way. And I will tell you that. We hate and him on behalf of Steve. And we, he's he's harassed Steve. Right. Uh, Where's HR when you need them? Hashtag like, me too, Steve. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Steve too. I'm not going to lie. Ever since <laughs> Gray too. told us that story, I'm like, fuck Hugh Grant. I hate Hugh Grant. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Were you like, fuck Hugh? <laughs> he has you, been. Right? Yeah, I see what you're doing there. So, yes. so, so personally, I don't like him. <laughs> then his character in this is just like, blah. The only thing that I think saves this movie is A, the premise, and B, the supporting characters. Because I, I like them way more than the oh, two main characters. Right. Fantastic. They're, like, Kristen Scott Thomas is so good in such a small amount of screen time. And the guy that plays the guy that 
you know, spoiler alert, ends up dying. The beard guy is the, the beard best. guy yeah. is the best. He's so soulful, and it's I, and and Kristen's got Thomas's brother that everybody hates. I think so she's covered was only in Kristen Scott in this one. No, she was Kristen was Scott she? Thomas. Okay, I thought it said covered Kristen in Scott. hay. Was she Fiona? Uh, what was she? She's the group, of, uh, the one in the group of friends who calls Hen Duckface. And you know who I also love is Scarlet, the roommate. Yes, and her ret. I think that there are examples of healthy relationships in this film, but is that none the girl of that, is that the girl with the hair? Yes, yes. Yeah. obviously the gray hair. Yes, Chrissy's yeah. like she's got. Yeah, you can see her from my way. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I was like, oh, it's me in a movie about British assholes. That's literally what I said, except she's the only redeemable character, in which case I was like, no wonder I like her. It is. Side characters are the redeemable relationships, like the, the one couple that gets married because they hooked up at the first wedding. Yes. The uh, one who looks like Marion Linsky, but is not Marion Linsky. Yeah, I mean, they, they are actually, they seem to be happy even later on. They're still having sex and stuff, like, you know, however long it is. It, it bugs me that, like, Andy McDowell and Hugh Grant have only seen each other like literally at three weddings and they're disrupting their entire lives over this thing. They've known each other maybe 40 hours total and they're completely trashing everything that's going on. It's true. I don't understand it at all. It doesn't hold up to scrutiny in the slightest. It's like, why do you even like each other? You haven't hung out except for being drunk, wearing your Sunday best at a wedding. Uh, um, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but wasn't it implied at the first wedding that they did at least meet before or have some sort of history because she he knew who she was? There was a no, mention. No, not at the first wedding. I think they mentioned to him that she's like, you know, this friend of such and such. Yeah, no. Oh, so like, oh, you know her. She was in a mutual circle sort of thing. Not like, oh, you know her. You hung out Mm-mm. before. Right. No, they didn't. Got it. They didn't know each other. And I think that they're was like some kind of conversation that happened between the first and the second wedding maybe yeah but it also is nothing like actually being in a relationship with someone p.s she when she shows up at his wedding to to break it up obviously horrible look such a bad look and she's like that's the last time I marry someone three times older than me. And I'm like, nice try, honey. She, he wasn't 90. Yeah, I thought of that too. I was like, is she supposed to be 15? Like, what's <laughs> yes, happening? we're trying to figure Ugh. out the math. Like, Come on, Andy. But it was because he was rich, right? He was rich. He was a rich politician of some kind. He was a stiff in a skirt. Which um, makes me like her even less. Like, I don't like these people. And he's always late. But he's late to everything. But so did he? So they hooked up at the second wedding. Yes. Did she meet this dude after that wedding? Because there was only a couple months between. Yeah. Well, or else she knew the dude before and just didn't mention that she was like dating Hamish or whatever his name was. Yes, Hamish. Hamish. So, so we so we talked a little bit about uh, sexism in while you were sleeping. There's a part of me that wonders if this were to get redone. If we were to invert Hugh Grant and uh, what's her face, Andy um, McDowell. thank you, Andy McDowell, it, it, those characters that is, and you had Sarah Jessica Parker playing Hugh Grant's part, you know, would we be and then Kim Cattrall playing Andy <laughs> McDowell's? Ooh, <laughs> and then they could just start like punching each other. other. Feud, feud, totally. Four but, weddings and a cat fight, right? Or because he's just so fucking likable. Why not? Ryan Gosling is in Andy McDowell's Whoa. part. Like, would we feel as upset about these are horrible people it's because they're more likable and if it's her first and she's never on time she's always apologizing like girls do you when know late. honestly I, I think i would have a problem with it because past 
the really unique premise of the film, I don't think that Richard, as much as it pains me to say, I don't think Richard Curtis did a great job of giving them an opportunity to really have motivation to act like this Mm. and be so horrible to the people in their lives in the name of being together. It's so gross that I think Richard Curtis did a bad job with this one. I concur. And I was about to say, Richard Curtis, um, just from my... I mean, I love Love Actually, and I love About Time, but both of those movies have problems with the female characters um, in particular. So... um, Mm. I wonder a little bit... I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go you ahead. were going towards something. You were building. Damn it. Um, but no, I just... I sort of blink, feel... Blink, 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 Gray and I were talking about a little bit after we watched it, and I just wonder if like the... Um, because of the eras that we're looking at this in, like back in the 90s when this movie came out, it was kind of like... It seemed romantic to just say, like, fuck everybody else's Follow relationship. You've got to do what you've got to do to be with the person you love. And My that best was like, friend's wedding. Chase them in a bread truck. Right. And that was... What? <laughs> and that was almost like... That was a thing. It was kind of like a motivation. or that, that was the time in the 90s. And now where we're at now, with everybody sort of just so obviously greedy and horrible to each mm-hmm. other, it kind of feels like a horrible movie to watch. And I would rather see people being good to each other. Yeah. Just because I'd kind of like Because everything break. sucks. A little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think, you know, you just look at movies at different points. Not that I saw this one originally when it came out, but you see movies at different points and it's, you're in different places, you're in a different mood, the country's in a different mood. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. it would play the, as well with a gender flop. Maybe I'm, it wouldn't. I'm fascinated by the fact that I'm not into a Richard Curtis movie. I love him wow. so much. I love his other films. And I so now I'm kind of scared to go back to the romantic comedies of the past because I'm like, oh no, what if I do watch Sleep is in Seattle and I'm, I hate Meg Ryan, she's America's old sweetheart. <laughs> old sweetheart. You guys might want to know that it was reported in November 2017 that Richard Curtis was developing a TV series based upon the film with uh, Mindy Kaling for Hulu. Whoa. This is another one that I think Whoa. would work well in theater, by, in theater, by the way. 73 weddings and 12 dozen funerals. <laughs> it, We're hoping for a full run. I honestly, Maybe she's it's... playing the Hugh Grant role. Maybe I would, this is a gender see? switch there. I would love to see this as a TV show because it would give them more opportunity to give reason to these people, give, give them motivation. Yes, more I, depth really didn't feel it coming from this movie. They were just being awful. He was shooting for love, and then there was this whole push towards the very end at the final wedding where, you know, his uh, heart of hearing brother is talking about, do you love her with her whole heart? And there's that word whole heart, or words, mm-hmm. I should say, is is represented a few times between the few of them. But it it's not love, it's limerence or infatuation, and he is misconstruing it as love, like right. the type that you lay on tracks right. for. yeah. And like, wasn't. oh God, her line delivery is like, is it raining? I oh, couldn't tell. That's and the famous like, line in this movie. Uh, oh, Christ. Hell yeah, me. I don't know why. Because I, I mean, I liked her in Groundhog Day. Like, I loved her in Groundhog Day. She's great. I just don't, I don't know what Green it was card. about her in this movie. It just. Talk about chemistry. A lot of, a lot of line delivery it's issues. It's a difficult character. Just, it is an unpopular character. It's like. Stop sticking up for her, Steve. No, no, I'm just saying. Well, I guess from an actor's <laughs> point of view, it's like trying to bring some something to that character mm. when you're just basically you're leaving your husband, you're cheating on people constantly, you're breaking up this wedding, mm. you don't care about anything. 
It's it's a horrible person. But that's because of the way she played it, to be honest with you. I think that there is some sympathy, or empathy at least, to be had for this character if she would have played it differently with a different nuance where maybe she's more broken or something happened where maybe it's never... But you like you just know like the way she delivers her lines or the way she operates in the world, that there's more to her. And that's why she makes these horrible choices. Or like a little plink-a-plink-a-plink. Plink-a-plink-a-plink. She's just crazy. Or, or Marissa Tomei could have been in the role. She was originally up uh, for the role. No, oh, also wow. not hmm. a good choice. G- Okay. Triplehorn, haven't heard that name in a while. Ooh. Yeah, okay. um, apparently, Alan Rickman at one point was Wait, considered what? for the role of Charles. <laughs> oh, but no, I would love to see Alan Rickman. Too old for the part. Hugh Grant. Too old for the part. Okay, that's hot. <laughs> what? So, what would be your final grades for for this movie, guys? I just didn't. I didn't like this as much as uh, while you were sleeping. Straight up C. The other one I, I upgraded to a C plus. I give the other one a B. I give this one a C plus, probably. I'm minusing my C. Yeah, I'm C, C minus, minus for well. sure. Yeah. I definitely was like, ugh, these British bastards suck. I kind of want to watch it again, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Don't. Not, not for pleasure. Like I feel like oh, there's something I'm missing. Is and it I raining? See it again. I couldn't tell. I would like to watch it with wow. the soundtrack to while you were sleeping, playing in the background. <laughs> I think that would actually make both of Wait, them so, one good movie. So did did we all prefer while you were sleeping more? Or? Yeah, yes, so. marginally. Yeah. yeah. Well, with this one, I couldn't tell the difference between the women for the most part because the haircuts were identical. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I know it's the '90s, and we're all like, I'm fine with short hair, but like, I couldn't tell the difference between them. They were all brunette with the same exact cut, and I was like, who is this one? P.S. Though, cool Richard Curtis decision to have Hugh Grant's brother be deaf. True. That was cool. That is an, and it provided an interesting plot point, and it was, it, it was. I thought that was. He, oh, there's like, it's almost good. It it's was almost al- good, Richie. It was very matter of fact. Like they didn't make a huge deal out of it. He just yeah. communicated with his brother, who was deaf. It was and it very w- nice. Ended up being a really interesting moment in the movie. Yeah. God, that is he's a pro. good. He's and like, a con pantsuits at weddings. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Everybody. So, so guys, we're running out of time, but I want to say. Bummer. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Oh, we love you guys. Last, Thank you. La- last time she was here, I told her that I got to have you guys both on and yep. we got to do a fancy movie draft because <gasps> it originated so with Gray fun. on her show. Now it's blown up. We're doing it every other week now. Ooh, it's, nice. it's getting really fun. Mm-hmm. It's um, super fun. I, yeah. we, we could do team on team and really make it competitive. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds like an ad I read on Craigslist not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Casual encounter. Yeah. There oh, we oh. go. <laughs> plinkle, plinkle, plinkle. But um, where we always ask our guests, thank you for being here. But where can we find you guys online? All my social media is under my name, so it's G R A E. That's how you spell my first name. It's Gray Drake. And all my social media is under her name. No, uh, it's, <laughs> it's under my name, just Steve Gelder. Uh, yeah, so pretty straightforward on everything. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, Twitter. Easy to find. Find these guys Easy on social media. They're they're super awesome. Woo! They look, really are. Look for Gray on your TV screen. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's going to be fun. I can't wait to like stand near Patton Oswalt. Oh. That's He's it. The best. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah. See, that's what I do. Like oh. a lot of people come up and like ask people for pictures. I just like to stand near the people. Like stand uh, near them. Like I like Christy. <laughs> guess who I saw today? Ray Romano. Did you say hey? <gasps> no, I just stood next to him. <laughs> Amazing. But oh, I did tell. Nice I did tell Pat Oswald that you loved him, and he was flattered. <gasps> yes. There you go. I. I want to stand in the general vicinity of Dennis Quaid, and also just occasion- maybe, <sighs> maybe, possibly be like. The rookie. 
Do it in an elevator because it makes it that much better. (laughs) It increases the pressure so much. Um, It's my favorite part of going to New York. Every building has an elevator and I always like to weird people out in them. Awesome. Uh, Awesome. Well, um, you can find us. So I married Movie Geek. We're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or at Facebook. At at Movie Movie Geek Cast. On Twitter. But next, uh, stay tuned next week. We got our 97 draft coming up. Woo-woo. Chrissy, you're yeah, in that. Are you I'm excited? excited. I'm going to win. Oh, my gosh. She's so, in it to win it. She's in it to win Very it. Very competitive, So people. stick around for that, and we'll see you guys next week. This was a podcast from the PodFix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.